0: Let's go there With Shira and Ryan Channel Q
2: Alright, welcome to another show It is Shira, Ryan is out And Shar again yep. With me yep, It's yep. like I feel like It's gonna be weird Not having you here anymore You've been hanging out here It's gonna be so weird long. Not having you here anymore
3: What's yeah. going on?
2: <laughs> it's been fun And we're getting right into the show Because lots going on uh, We have more details You know on the heat wave That's hitting the nation Yeah At 3.20pm Pacific 6.20pm Eastern Plus, should you be taking therapy be advice from social media stick around for that conversation in the 4 p.m. hour as well we're hanging out with you with music and entertainment mm-hmm. throughout the afternoon let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines though right now the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced that the Biden administration will provide 11 million in funding to produce Gineo smallpox and monkeypox vaccines in this manufacturing facility in Grand Rapids Michigan The funding will allow Graham to purchase additional equipment necessary for Genio's production and recruit and train additional staff to operate the line. HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra said that this new agreement solidifies a domestic manufacturing capability that will bring us more vaccines sooner to end this outbreak. Meanwhile, Texas has confirmed what appears to be the first death of a person diagnosed with monkeypox in the U.S. The CDC has only confirmed 15 deaths worldwide from the virus throughout this year's outbreak. The Texas Department of State Health Services said in a release that the patient was an adult who was severely immunocompromised, unfortunately. Officials are investigating what role the virus played in the person's death.
4: Mm. And that was somewhat trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Before we hop into that, I have to shout out, well, not really shout out, but at least acknowledge that it's been 17 years since Hurricane Katrina rocked New Orleans. Wow. Watched a good documentary called Katrina Babies on HBO Max yesterday really good amazing Chris Rock is under fire though because just five months after Will Smith slapped him on stage at the Academy Awards um he took to the stage on Sunday night in Phoenix during a stand-up routine where he offered up and told us that the Academy asked him to host the 2023 Oscars (laughs) but after that He said he turned it down. You know, it's all about ratings and money, child. He turned it down because he said it would be like returning to a crime scene. And he referenced the murder trial of O.J. Simpson. Uh, He ended up telling the crowd that that would be like asking Nicole Brown Simpson to, quote, go back to the restaurant where she left her eyeglasses before Mm. being killed, which we know is a... What is what really happened? Like, she left her eyeglasses at a it's restaurant. It's not really the same thing. It's not, and it's also not funny. It's not funny. Like, let's go. I'm like, so sick of these comedians trying to be so, like, so steeped in controversy. Like, you're not funny. You could
2: All you <laughs> could just say is, I still am dealing with, like, my own kind of trauma from it, and I'd rather not return. Well, you that know, kind of that's not
4: funny either. If he's We're trying to make a make joke, a joke this was a stand up routine in Arizona Sunday night. Oh, I thought this was his statement. <laughs> I th- no, 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 no. I think the worth of any comedian is is dictated on how clever you can make the joke. This was yeah. lazy and low hanging. Attention! Fruit. Yeah, everybody's so steeped in being controversial, though that's the name of the game nowadays. Every comedian's like big babies, wham wham wham. Who can I offend today? Yep. So that is the tea report for this hour. Stick around because coming up next hour, find out who was mistaken for Beyonce last night at the U.S. Open. What? Oh, yeah. Someone – people thought that this woman was Beyonce.
2: Oh, my God.
0: It's going
4: to get interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, after this, uh,
2: Biden is planning to deliver
4: a primetime address
2: tomorrow uh, on Thursday. I'm losing track of the days. But why? We're going to tell you more about what we're hearing after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. President Biden will deliver a primetime address Thursday on the fight for democracy in America and what is being called the continued battle for the soul
4: of the nation. Good grief.
2: Very dramatic. (laughs) Uh, We have Marianne Alfaro back with us from uh, Washington Post Politics Now. She's the anchor. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, what do you hear the strategy is with this one? I mean, is this now what we're going to be hearing a lot moving towards the
5: midterms? Yes, um, I think uh, we've been able to tell over the last few days that the White House Democrats are really... Uh, ramping up their rhetoric. They're really kind of going for the dramatics now. Um, You know, we are so close to November that um, actually we just got off another speech by Biden and he really, you know, his rhetoric has really become more fiery. You can feel a little bit more um, of this dramatic flair in it. So, I think that today was like the warm up, the pregame for what we're going to see on
4: Thursday. Yeah, we saw how the White House was tweeting, you know, refuting, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the the loan payments. But I'm interested in knowing exactly what is the goal here, because from my understanding, Mm -hmm. this uh, primetime, what is it called? Address. Thank you. Primetime address Mm -hmm. will be addressing, you know, protecting democracy and how our freedoms are under attack.
5: Yes. um, So uh, I will note that Biden loves to go to uh, Pennsylvania, Loves to go to Philly when he wants to make a statement. You know, that's where he's done a lot of his um, uh, speeches when he was in the campaign. And, you know, that's where he based his campaign. And so I think that this is his way of kickstarting, you know, the next few weeks of him going out there um, on the ground on the campaign trail with the Senate candidates i um, hoping that, you know, if they get to, um, I guess it's now because um, Democrats are seeing a, a, an opportunity that I don't think there was it was there before to, like, keep both the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this is going to kickstart that. You know, he's going to be like, he, uh, now that Roe is gone, that's evidence that Republicans are really coming after our rights and our freedoms, and we can't allow that. Um, so that's the pick that I think Democrats are running with now that um Certainly, I mean, the GOP gave them this you know, after yeah. Roe was struck. Um, so that's what they're going to run with.
2: Yeah, it seems like him even saying things like GOP has turned towards semi-fascism, mega Republicans <laughs> embrace <Semi>. political <laughs> violence. They don't believe in <laughs> democracy. How are the Republicans responding to this?
5: Is this just fueling mm-hmm. the fire? Yes, I mean, it's definitely the relationship between Republicans and Democrats. I think it's far, you know, that that. That's gone for now, I think. And I and, and this rhetoric, it's nothing unlike we haven't seen before, I think, in terms of what Republicans have been saying of Democrats. Um, I think Democrats are just going to be like, OK, we're going to fight fire with fire, um, except a lot of the fire that they're using is based on facts a lot of the time. Um, so I do think that what we've seen from Republicans is just kind of like shrugging it up. But I think there's so much on the GOP's plate right now that it's kind of hard for them to focus on what Democrats are saying when they first need to tackle their own candidates. And, you know, kind of get their story straight, because I know that, uh, you know, we've seen that Mitch McConnell already says, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to win the Senate. Um, uh, He has been, you know, casting some doubt over the the candidates on the GOP side. So I think that they have to do their own cleanup in the party before they can go back and fight uh, Biden for accusing them of being, you know, MAGA and supporters of Trump, because that is what they are at the
4: end of the day. Yeah, I'm interested in knowing, speaking to what you just said, fighting fire with fire. What are the optics Mm -hmm. of like both sides right now? Like, how are people viewing? Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned, you know, there's no really no relationship. I saw Lauren Bobart with her lesbian dance theory, you know, uh, segment she did the other day on Fox News. Mm -hmm. What are the optics for both sides now? Because personally, I'm not seeing any fire coming from the Democratic side.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm think, I, I think the fire that we're seeing from the Democrats, I would honestly say it started with the Twitter threat from the White House. And again, oh, yeah. it's just because we've become so accustomed to see how aggressive and how um, mean and hurtful the rhetoric sometimes be from the GOP. I mean, mainly, you know, the, the MAGA Republicans that Biden loves to talk about, you know, that we've, we've seen that for the last six years since Trump first started campaigning, five, seven years. Um, And I don't think Democrats are so willing to go and get that ugly, um, you know, because that ugliness does involve, you know, hurting um, certain groups or hurting certain demographics. So I don't think that's what they're going for. I think they're just going to use, you know, how ridiculous some members of the GOP have gotten with their fanaticism of Trump and using that against them. And so that's, you know, I think the one thing that they can really aim at. And so I don't think that the rhetoric will turn to be, you know, as dramatic or as um, escalated as, you know, what Trump used when he was running. But I do think that they are starting to use their fanaticism and their MAGA ness um, against them.
2: It's interesting. As of eight, eight days ago, according to Reuters, there was a two day national mm-hmm. poll that found that 41% of, of Americans approve of Biden's job performance. That's his first mm-hmm. time above 40% since early June. <clears throat> so perhaps, yeah. are they moving in the right direction? Is this more yes, promising? I mean, you know,
5: possibly. It doesn't hurt that they've actually achieved a lot um, in the the White House and in Congress lately. You know, I know it doesn't feel like enough for a lot of uh, people and a lot of, you know, a lot of the agenda that Biden initially ran with has not been met. We're talking about universal pre-K. We're talking about lower college costs. We're talking about more gun control. Like, those things haven't been met yet. But I do think that, you know, Democrats are starting to be like, hey, we actually accomplished a lot this year. You know, we got the IRA done. We got, you know, some gun control passed. You know, we are about to make uh, marriage equality legal. Like, a lot of these wins, um, I think, have actually... uh, The the crowd is starting... The the public is starting to realize that things are moving a little bit. Um, Again, you know, the college loan stuff, not enough money maybe, but also it's a little bit. So I think we're going to start hearing a lot of that on the campaign trail now and also on the polling. Um, And that's why I'm saying the main thing here, what what turned the tides really was Roe. Um, And I think that was a wake up moment for a lot of people in the country when they realized like, oh, voting for certain people has consequences. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, abortion access is actually a very popular thing, even though it doesn't seem like it or some parties make it seem as if it isn't. But it is. And so I think that Democrats are running on that. You know, this happened already. It could happen again to any other of of your rights. Okay. well,
2: that was Mariana Afaro, (laughs) Post Politics Now anchor. Thank you. As always, we love having you on.
5: Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye bye.
4: Well, Jackson, Mississippi is both underwater and out of water. More on this current disaster next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Jackson, Mississippi's water system is failing and water across the city is entirely unsafe to drink. This is what officials said in a briefing just last night. Now, state leadership have warned all residents of Mississippi's capital city to boil water before drinking or brushing their teeth. Let's take a listen to uh, what one of the state officials had to say.
6: The city cannot produce enough water to fight fires, to reliably flush toilets, and to meet other critical needs. The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency will take the state's lead on distributing drinking water and non-drinking water to residents of the city of Jackson. Replacing our largest city's infrastructure of running water with human distribution is a massively complicated logistical task. We need to provide it for up to 180,000 people for an unknown period of time.
4: I must say this is wow. eerily reminiscent of what's going on in Flint, Michigan, and continues to persist. Now, I should mention, today the heat index in Jackson, Mississippi, is 102 degrees. Schools and universities are closed. They sent kids back home for virtual learning. There is no way to cook, no way to clean, no way to bathe, this no way to flush crazy. your toilet. This is, this is the a capital city and the biggest city in the state of Mississippi. This, How
2: does something it's like this happen? unimaginable. It's tragic. This is a crisis. And the, the sad thing is, is, we've seen this coming. We've seen little cracks in the system, whether it be the water issues in, in, Flint, in Michigan. Flint, Michigan, to the weather changes, right? And now we're seeing an amalgamation of all of it come together, Right. Yeah. In this moment. And this is, I think, the moment a lot of people were dreading and warning about. Yeah. And yet we're here.
4: Well, we're here. I do want to state that according to the United States census data, um, Jackson, which is, like I said, Mississippi's uh, state capital, is more than 80 percent black Mm. citizens. And so I say that to say because we can't have these discussions with with leaving out race because Flint is also a very, very black city. My argument is that this would not happen in a more multicultural or predominantly white city. This type of negligence would not happen. Yes, this is coming on the heels of the 17th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which also would not have happened in a majority white city. Blaring issues.
2: Yeah. I I can't see the fact that they've been under a boil water order for over 30 days. Yeah. Since this, the water samples discovered were in late July and nothing was done. You're right. Like, I can't see this happening in a place that had a lot of rich white people, right? Like, that is the reality. And this is an embarrassment. Like, once again, we are leaving fellow Americans out to suffer, right
4: now how Well, see that's the thing to a lot AM. of people if you're of color you're not American that brings in the debate about like why we have to hyphenate but the default when you say American like you uh, white Americans just get to say they're American but yeah. I have to say I'm African American you know other people have to say they're Mexican American et cetera, et cetera. there is no like very rarely I mean I never hear people saying I'm Dutch American I'm Irish American you know so that speaks to I, I believe very coded language as well Because it it also echoes that, like, are we not worth paying attention to? Are we not worth saving? Like this is like I said, this uh, amount of negligence, there's really no excuse for it. Totally. And of course, you know, White House Press Secretary Karine John Pierre has said
2: today that President Biden has been briefed on the crisis. The federal government is ready to assist. Again, like, why are we waiting till this moment of failure? And it seems like FEMA is working closely oh, with state officials to identify needs
4: but i mean i should mention that uh also people are complaining online uh, mississippi residents um saying that the state ebt is down so if you're on food stamps for whatever mm-hmm. reason I, I guess the entire states is down like i i don't know what to make of this i really don't know what to make of this it sounds like the one of the worst case scenarios and it makes you really take a step back and realize like we take running water for granted, which I know is like, you know, I feel like we all grew up with our mothers saying like, you know, there's starving children here and things of that nature, but could you imagine not having water? Like, could you imagine waking up and not being able to shower or brush your teeth or even have a glass of water to take your vitamins? You can't cook. You can't bathe. You can't even flush your toilet. And they expect children to go back to virtual learning and they can't even flush a toilet or have a glass of water. What? I mean,
2: uh, you know, it's unimaginable. Meanwhile, this governor, Tate Reeves, he's been in office since 2020. I, I don't know if I would be voting again for Republican Tate Reeves again after seeing how he's led
4: well that's the thing i doubt that the 80 percent of of african americans of black americans voted for a republican it just so happens to be the law of the land in in a place like mississippi you know, you're not going to get democratic leadership. Down yeah, maybe there. if
2: um, your fellow Republicans believed in climate change, and actually created
4: regulations. Well, even this goes beyond climate change Shira. Oh, totally this I mean. goes. This is, this infrastructure, is infrastructure. Yeah,
2: and yeah. and I, I want to see. This is not an act
4: of God. Well, this you, is an act of man. Well, yeah, it's
2: also because <laughs> if you, you don't believe in science, it's like across the board. Yeah. So, one, I wonder what Pete Buttigieg is going to say, right? Because he's leading infrastructure. But, I mean, there's so many layers of failure here. It's really unfortunate. Uh, I hope that something happens. I mean, we'll be following this, definitely, because I don't think this is the last we're going to hear of what's happening over there.
4: No, and I'm what I'm fearful about, because as we heard in that clip, there are 180,000 citizens without water. You know that there will be deaths that come out of this. There are the elderly, there are people who literally, like we all need water, but there are going to be headlines because people are going to die, unfortunately, of dehydration, more than likely. So, um, yeah, everyone, you know, be on the front lines for Jackson, Mississippi and and our fellow Americans and really plug into this story. And I should also mention due to Channel Q, there are queer people in Mississippi.
2: (laughs) Of course. And, you know, where are these uh, water companies? We see all the water companies at big events like Super Bowl. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like these these uh, billion dollar public companies. Like Smart Water in the Girls. I don't know. Where are these water companies? Bring your, you know, help citizens in need if we're not going to rely on the public system for it the federal system let's bring it private
4: Well, they tried to in Flint, and I believe Flint is still having water issues, and it's been over a decade, you know, so uh, that's what's going on in in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay,
2: we are moving on to some dramatic entertainment news. Country stars uh, are under fire for their transphobia, but others are fighting back, thankfully. We're getting into it next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan.
2: Channel Q. Well, there is a feud happening among some of the most prominent women in the world of country music.
4: You don't? say. And
2: now um, just, you know, stand tight or sit tight wherever you are, because this is a bit hard to track. There's a lot of moving parts it in this a story. Okay. It's like a soap opera, but at least it's, well, it's not entertaining. It's actually tragic. Uh, and so let's get into this. Over the past few days, Cassidy Pope and Marin Morris, they've been trading some words with Brittany Aldean. That's the wife of fellow country star Jason Aldean. And it all started with this Video she posted on Instagram. It was of herself applying makeup with the caption, I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life.
4: Immediately, you might say, okay, uh, yeah, this post is wrong. She could love this girly life. She could have just put, I love this girly life. Yeah, exactly. That's literally all you had to say. This is what frustrates me because trans people literally, much like Lizzo, we be minding our business. Get thrown into it. And y'all it. be the ones obsessed, you yeah. know, bringing us up. And But go ahead, Shira. That's
2: when this other star, Cassidy Pope, who I mentioned, posted on her Instagram story and Twitter, responding to this, saying, well, not directly, but everyone knew who she was talking about. And this was about. three days later, we yeah. should mention. Saying, you'd think celebs with beauty brands would see the positives in including LGBTQ plus people in their messaging. But instead, here we are hearing someone compare their, quote, tomboy phrase to someone wanting to transition. Real nice. Uh, And then there was another response uh, that Brittany shared Cassidy's message on her own Instagram story saying, um, Cassidy wrote this about me regarding my last reel. And then just went off on it and saying that I really like to, t- to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I th- went through my tomboy.
4: Oh, no, that's what she wrote. Well, I can't even should... keep up. I'm like trying to go down on well, this. Well, she, she goes down and she says advocating for the, that's the what she said. genital Sorry, mutilation was... of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender affirming care is, you know, it's one of the worst evils. Now, I do want to address this. Thank right? you for
2: adding that, because my um, my website went
4: unresponsive, so I okay. appreciate you it. You got too many damn tabs yes. open. That's why. thank you. Um, I do want to clear the... Like, I don't know why people are so hell-bent on thinking that there's, quote-unquote, genital mutilation happening. For two, like, no child... I, I will say this till I'm blue in the face. No child is laying on an operating table. No child at most the, their parents when they're advocating for gender affirming health care, it is puberty blockers which are reversible and other things along that line no one's grabbing a scalpel well this no is no one's going under anesthesia this is a narrative that is being unfortunately pushed by the right and so it, but that's, that's what i'm saying she's loud and wrong exactly like you're you're speaking so matter of fact about something that you don't know anything about yeah. And then, of course, I, I want to give a shout out to then Tamiran to Morris, who
2: came in and really doubled down, you know, and, and making sure this person and all her followers heard that what they're sharing is wrong and even then she posted kind of a recap at the end of all this or what seemed like the
4: end before you get there she also commented on Cassidy Popes like she tweeted her and she said it's so easy to like not be a scumbag human sell your clip ins and zip it insurrection Barbie and that which wow what a name can we make t-shirts please what a name I said this was complicated Um, and here's a
2: video now you just heard about the post from Aaron Morris but here's uh, some of the video response
7: been
0: so sweet and supportive today um of me and cassidy i will say like we can handle this we've dealt with idiots you know for years you know saying insanely stupid stuff at us but like i would say check on your trans friends check on your gay friends anyone that like is in country music and had to look at that today and feel
2: subhuman so we're happy someone is speaking out. in I all mean, of this. this
4: is what we, people need from allies, right? Whether trans people are in your life or queer people are in your life, if you claim to be an ally, if you see something, say something. A lot of people scrolled past this. A lot of people didn't have any smoke for Brittany Aldine, and this was clearly a transphobic post. Yeah, because and these two cis white yeah, women took her to task.
2: I, I I love that, and I think it's also because because she's not saying trans in the post, but there's but wording so clear. but it's clear it's so clear but Come it's, on it's important now. that people need to look out for that Yeah, you know what I mean like the it's so clear that yeah. it's
4: transphobic yeah. you don't have to say tr- trans like there's con- that's why context clues are there like it's clear that it's a transphobic yeah. pose all right so that's what we need from allies including
2: in the country world we know what that audience looks well, like it's also anyway. interesting
4: to see how the conversation is going to unfold amongst the country world you yeah. know that i look at that as mega territory
2: well <laughs> next up what biden said in his warm-up speech today plus a very special giveaway that and more on what's turning this hour next. Let's
0: go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel K Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries
1: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey,
2: we are back. It is Shira. Ryan is out and Shar is here filling in. I am. I am. Yes. And we have got a
4: giveaway for you. A flyaway giveaway. We do. So listen up. Channel Q wants to send you and a guest to Vegas to see the Supreme Diva, Diana Ross. The iconic Miss Ross returns for a limited engagement at Win Las Vegas, September 21st to October 1st. So head on over right now. Stop everything you're doing to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win. Okay.
2: Well, coming up on the show, this heat wave is set to hit the country this Labor Day weekend. What even causes heat waves? How can we prepare? Stick around for that conversation. Branching in closer to minutes, hell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and TikTokers seem to have a lot to say about your mental health, but should you be trusting them? No. We've also got that conversation later this hour. Let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines though right now. A massive rally took over the Serbian capital, protesting a pan-European Pride event that had already been canceled by the president of Serbia, claiming the country is facing too many problems to handle the event and suggesting Pride could be postponed for, quote, happier times. The march was led by the Ser- uh, Serbian Orthodox Church and joined by a collection of right-wing hate groups and pro-Russian nationalists. B- bishops warned the event was a threat to traditional family values. Mm. It was led by the church joined by right-wing hate groups (laughs) pro-Russian. So that's a good thing? No. Interesting. They were just going to ruin it for everyone?
3: Yeah, can I clarify? Yes. They heard about the Pride event, protested it, not knowing it was already canceled. So, they basically just took over the Serbian capital or whatever Ugh. for no reason. Oh, and just turned
4: into like a little rally.
3: Yeah. A little for celebration. No it was their pride parade. Yeah. For white queer nationalist hate. pride yeah, parade.
4: Sure.
2: Uh, okay, moving on to Twitter, who's globally launching Twitter Circles. It's a feature that allows users to send tweets to a private following, which is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we don't have enough to do. The Twitter circle feature allows a user to add up to 150 followers to a private group that receives
4: tweets sent only to the circle. See, this is why I think that, like, not every feature translates across platforms. Like, your friends, your... What is it? The private list on Instagram makes a bit more sense to me, but I want to remind everyone everything runs a risk. Whether you're yeah. posting to your close friends on Twitter or Instagram, screenshots still exist. Just make your account private. What Twitter circles is just so dumb to me. I'm sorry. Just have a DM group or something. Right! Like It's
2: just, anyway. I
4: don't know, maybe it's for people obsessed with social.
2: Yep. Moving on to President Biden, who visited Pennsylvania today as he promoted his Safer America plan that seeks to crack down on gun violence and funnel billions into law enforcement.
5: Back in 1994, I took on the NRA and passed the assault weapons ban. For 10 years, mass shootings were down. 10 years in a row since I passed that legislation in 1994 as a, chair, as a, a senator. But in 2004, Republicans let that ban expire. Mass shootings in America tripled. It's time to ban these weapons. We did it before. We can do it again. It's time to hold every elected official's feet to the fire and ask them are you for banning assault weapons, yes or no? Ask him. If the answer is no, vote against them.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> I got it. Got it, Biden. That sounded
4: a little sexy. Yeah, Vote against him.
2: Right. (laughs) Um, He's calling for the White House to refer to, you know, common sense gun laws, such as required background checks for all gun sales, a ban on assault weapons and a ban on high capacity magazines. They're also saying that those are weapons of war that have no place in our communities. They would provide billions of dollars in funding for police training, expanded task forces and tech. They have set a goal to put 100,000 more officers on the streets within the next five years with advanced measures for recruitment. I mean, there's a lot of different things there, so... Anyway, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news?
4: Well, Beyonce's presence was certainly felt last night at the U.S. Open. You know, Serena Williams is about to, she's not calling it a retirement. She's calling it a transition out of tennis, right? She wants to expand her family. She wants to sit down. Mm-hmm. So Beyonce's presence was felt. Gail King interviewed Serena Williams and, you know, read some lyrics from Alien Superstar, which is track number three or four on Renaissance. Um, but there was a quick flash of a certain blonde-haired black woman in the audience and no it was not me. It was actually Laverne Cox. And on Twitter someone took the screenshot and said Beyonce's at the U.S. Open. Now, this does not come as a surprise because anyone who knows anything knows that Beyonce and Serena are actually really good friends. You know, Serena was in Beyonce's Sorry music video. And
2: Beyonce went to her wedding.
4: Yeah, they're really, really good friends. And so, uh, yeah, Twitter had a field day with this, as did Laverne. Laverne tweeted and said, not me being mistaken (laughs) for Beyonce at the U.S. Open tonight, then trending on Twitter. Uh, She was cackling over this. And so on her Instagram, she posted like a slideshot of some of her funniest tweets. Now, Beyonce is still very much involved in, you know, Serena's (laughs) retirement. She recently was the voiceover. A lot of people didn't know that this was Beyonce. I clocked it immediately, but I'm also in the Beehive. Mm -hmm. Beyonce did the Gatorade commercial for Serena Williams. She voiced it, and here's a little clip. A movement to always love exactly who you are and who you can be. To be so in love with your identity, that your very essence cannot
7: be contained.
4: So I know, good. that's right, Queen Mother. Um, but yes, so uh, Laverne got a kick out of this and as did the internet. Like, I could tell, have you seen the clip? I could tell it wasn't Beyonce, but I guess to the naked eye. For Laverne, eye, no,
2: it kind of, <laughs>
4: like in the clip I could see, if you looked at it That's what quickly, producer Vanessa totally. said this morning too when I was talking to her. Yeah. But I guess I'm so steeped in the hive, I knew that yeah, that wasn't Yeah, you know, Beyonce. it's like seeing twins and you know who's who. Yeah. have twin sisters, so it's funny that you have that reference. (laughs) But yeah, that is the Tea Report for this hour. You want to stick around because I got more great stories for you coming up next hour. And,
2: you know, it is getting hot everywhere. Everything you need to know about the heat waves coming up. And more after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Yes, it's about to get very hot. I feel like this isn't a new conversation (laughs) for everyone. Exactly. (laughs) Some of the hottest temperatures of the year are on the way to the East Coast and it's going to be. Oh, West Coast. I don't know why I was like. I meant the West Coast, (laughs) Um, and it's going to be really dangerously hot through Labor Day. Mega heat wave builds in for the long term. That's according to CNN. You know, and this is going to be impacting more than 55 million people. They're under heat alerts. We're We're some of those people from Southern California through the San Joaquin Valley into portions of the Northwest, including 20 of the most populated cities up and down the West Coast. Joining us right now is Benji Jones, environmental reporter at Vox. Thanks for being here.
6: Hey, good to be here. Thanks.
2: I mean, I feel like we've been having these conversations on and off this year, but is this worse than other times or is this just par for the course at this point?
6: I mean, it really feels worse than other than other years. I mean, it certainly has been very hot in New York where I am. Um, I do know that 2021 broke uh, temperature records as being the hottest summer ever. And I'm very curious to see now that August is closing, whether we'll see that for this year. But yeah, not only has it been really hot, but heat heat waves have started earlier um, in the year as well, not only in the U.S., but also in Europe. So it's been it's been a pretty brutal year.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, because, you know, we live in Southern California, Shira and I, and I mean, in the name of the wildfires and all of that, I'm wondering, do you know whether or not this is going to also have an inverse effect? Like, will we start experiencing brutal winters now?
6: Yeah, so the important thing about climate change is that, which is, of course, linked to these extreme heat waves and is making them more more frequent and severe, climate change has, like, pretty varying effects depending on where you are. In terms of getting more extreme winters, I, I, I'm not say, I'm not sure that we can say that it's going to get, like, colder in California in the winter. And that mm-hmm. might be better for some people that like the, the fall weather. But um, in general, the trend is that it's getting hotter at, at, at all times of year. Mm.
2: Huh. So how – I mean, we kind of went into how frequently they're happening right now. But, I mean, is there a sense of that, like, statistically?
6: Yeah, I was just looking at this. So I think in the 1960s across the U.S., there were an average of about two heat waves per year. So that's like um, 60 years ago. And then in the most recent decades, in the last 10 years or so, they're happening about um, about uh, six times on average a year. So we're seeing a pretty extreme increase in the frequency of heat waves. Um, And again, experts say that, that climate change is definitely playing a role here.
4: Mm. Yeah. And you said you mentioned that, you know, this past summer or this current summer, rather, is, is the hottest on record. Do we see this getting worse? I don't know if that's an asinine question, but in the name of what happened in the UK, you know, their bridges were melting and stuff over there. And then I believe <laughs> right. even like in Pakistan, <laughs> like there have been things going on that have a, a, a worldly effect. It goes beyond the United States.
6: No, so, you're right. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Um, so just to clarify, it was 2021 that broke the record. We're not sure what this summer is going to do, but I'm I'm sure it's going to be bad. But but you're totally right. I wrote a story recently that was titled like This is the the coldest summer of the rest of your life," and my point was oh that even though it is so <laughs> hot right now, it's actually on average going to get hotter. So I, I wish I could be the bearer of better news but yeah it's, it's not looking great right now I mean,
2: <laughs> we, we didn't cover this yesterday in the headlines by the way but there's this melting Greenland ice sheet that will send seas nearly a foot higher according to the study I mean things are falling yeah. apart around us which is really devastating and hard to wrap our minds around so with that said as someone who's an expert at this like do you give uh, advice on what to do during these moments
6: yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the tough answer to like the what to do question is just that really reducing carbon emissions is such a big is the thing that we need to do to prevent from getting worse than they already are. That's obviously a big ask. So there are things you can do in the meantime. Um, I'm a big fan of of ideas related to making cities greener. So planting trees that provide shade. I mean, it sounds so basic, but like having access to shade should be a human right like we need those cooler spaces so that can help you can also think about like painting surfaces lighter colors which is more reflective and that can prevent heat from getting even even stronger within a city for example so there are things that that we can do and i think cities like phoenix and and the cities in southern california have more experience with this and they're also younger so they've kind of been able to, to build from the ground up these more resilient types of infrastructure but um yeah, the big thing is just uh, cutting cutting down emissions.
4: I'm glad you mentioned the carbon footprint, because I'm one of the little people. I'm tired of people yelling at me and my Prius. Talk to Kylie Jenner and her private jet that's <laughs> flying three minutes.
6: Oh, my know, God, all the water the users. Valley. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, so I'm wondering, you know, we talked about some natural disasters, but uh, even though this will be—I like the way that you worded your the title of or the headline of the piece that you wrote, this is the coldest you know summer of the rest of your life. How will we see this start to affect the environment as far as droughts are concerned or wildfires? Will we see an increase in that? Yeah,
6: I'm really glad you asked that. So it really is important to think about how heat intersects with all these other disasters. Um, So fire is a really good example. When it's really hot, it can kind of sap moisture from vegetation, which basically turns it into kindling and makes it more likely to burn, which is why you might see places in California under fire alert when it's just really hot out. It's literally just the heat that's taking out the moisture. Um, Drought can also be a problem. So when you see uh, when you have like a landscape with plants on it and they're, they're moist or the soil is moist, when it's hot out, that moisture evaporates and evaporation actually causes cooling, has a cooling effect. But when there's no moisture in the soil or in the plants, you don't get as much of that evaporation. So you can see. Um, drought actually making landscapes hotter. So these, these, uh. these different disasters really do intersect with each other. And I was just writing about Pakistan and, and the, the heat is melting glaciers there, which is oh in, making the monsoon floods worse. So these, these disasters really are connected.
2: Okay. Mm. Well, that was Benji Jones, environmental reporter at Vox. Thank you so
4: much. Stay uh, cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, mental health on TikTok. Do you trust it? Mm, We're gonna talk about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. If you're like me, you follow a lot of different accounts on social media and there's been a new group of social media stars surging on TikTok called mental health influencers often with no medical credentials and they post videos that help viewers kind of self-diagnose you know themselves and these videos i should mention garner billions of views which is inherently problematic but you know what there are reliable sources out there we have one of our experts joining us dr josh Clapau, who uh is a clinical psychologist and the creator of mental drive that's his instagram at mental drive his goal is to provide accurate and inspiring content to help people improve their mental well-being please welcome Dr. Josh to the show hello hi how are you? I'm great how are you thanks so much for uh, joining us I when you,
9: when I saw this article I had to check myself um <laughs> so we I know we have a short amount of time but yeah let's talk let's talk about it I, I don't think it's all bad by the way I think there's there's a lot of good to it too
2: yeah, because I uh, I mean I even say and you know this, like I'm an advocate for mental health, but I say mm-hmm. that I'm not an expert and I think that's the biggest issue here with a lot of these creators sometimes.
9: Yeah, I would take it one step further though, Shira. I, I, I agree. I mean you definitely you definitely should be saying I'm not an expert or I don't have the credentials to diagnose, but here's what I think. I think the problem in social media, um, and the problem with the public general public is when you use that qualifier but then you go ahead to make statements um a lot of times you shouldn't even be making the statement i think that's the thing that concerns me is not that people are out there having conversations about mental health and not that there aren't influencers maybe even talking about their own experiences i get really concerned when there is that blur between advice giving hey, here's what I think as a person, and blending in some of the mental health stuff, because it's hard to discern, it's hard to separate what what works, what's true, what's not true, what's made up, what's educated, and it just, it gets super blurry, and it makes me concerned.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, you know, it seems like people go to two therapy sessions, and now all of a sudden they got all the answers for the <laughs> rest of us. I'm well, interested. I'm interested in knowing, like, how do we... It's kind of scary that a lot of this stuff, you know, garners billions of views. Like on TikTok alone, hashtag BPD for borderline personality disorder has 3.7 billion views. How do we, I guess, swim against the tide, especially in this age of misinformation? So, yeah.
9: So, so, look, this is why people like me and and others have jumped into the game. Mm -hmm. And it's not a competition. You know, this is not me jumping in so that somebody else won't be an influencer. But I do think that you need to represent yourself both accurately and have some thought about the influence that you're having on people. Again, as Shira said, talking about mental health issues is fine. Giving advice about borderline personality disorder, um, about whether it's medications, et cetera, you... You're walking on some dangerous ground, not legally, but in terms of the influence that you have. This would be the equivalent of me getting out there and making recommendations about, I don't know, which antibiotics to take,
8: mm-hmm. yeah. you
9: know? And, 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 and I could say, this is just based on my experience, but I'll tell you, I would not do that because I know that other people are going to listen, and I don't know what the heck I'm talking about when it comes to antibiotics,
2: yeah, I mean, I think that whether you you have a social media profile or not, like, you don't just spew advice like that. Unfortunately, I think we've normalized it, right? And there's yep. a difference between you sharing your lived experience and then just yeah. saying, like, this is the way it is. Because it can be problematic, including people are following you. Like, there's a responsibility there. They will do what you say.
9: <laughs> it, it, it is. And here's, here's where I kind of draw a line. This is where I draw a line. If you start representing yourself, because anyone can call themselves a therapist, anyone can call themselves a therapist, anyone can call themselves a coach, anyone can call themselves a counselor. If you start representing yourself as a self-proclaimed something, that's where I get concerned. I can't stop you, and maybe I shouldn't even stop you from saying this has been my experience in my life. These are the things that I've dealt with with mental health. Here's what I know. Okay, fine. But when you start kind of throwing titles or pseudo titles in, then people like me and others are gonna kind of you know. Urgh. So, Don't do that. So, Don't do that.
4: Yeah, because you know it gets real sticky when people start saying life coaches like there's a difference between a life coach and a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in knowing how who do we like how do we determine who to trust? And before you answer this, I just want to reference, you know, <laughs> that doctor, the fake doctor in Florida who was 17, who threw on a white coat and a stethoscope mm-hmm. and was, you know, performing OBGYN type stuff. How do we know who's who? Who can we trust?
9: All right, number 1 Anybody in the, in the world can call themselves a coach or a counselor or a therapist and particularly around life coaching. So if somebody calls themselves that, that is not enough to, to trust. You need to go one step to two steps deeper. Number one, what are their educational and, and experiential credentials? I mean, literally I'm getting to where the hell do they go to school. Where's the, do they have a license? Do they not have a license? Do they have a degree? Do they not have, a de- you know what I mean? Like. It's mm-hmm. super basic stuff. And if you can't even get down to that level, then as I always say, you know, it's not like you shouldn't follow them, but my God, don't be making your mental health decisions based on somebody who hasn't been trained to do that. That's yeah. You know, again, it's not about following or not following. So that's the way you do it. Number one, do your homework, find out, do they have credentials? And then number two, when you look at the credentials, like just Google them. Yeah. Self-proclaimed certification. Have you ever heard of it? Do you have to pay $10,000 to get it? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So this is not like hours of due diligence, but you got to do it because this is your life. That's what I tell people. This is your life.
4: One quick search. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Josh Claypo. Now, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Dr. Josh K. And if you want to head on over to Instagram, it's at Mental Drive. That's clinical psychologist Dr. Josh Claypo. Thanks again for joining the show today. Thanks, y'all.
2: Well, next up, the Starbucks fall menu has been revealed why it's stirring up quite the controversy after this. Let's
0: go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
7: dot com slash taylor tay in the uk on the odyssey app thanks to republic records this is a national contest
2: well it seems like we're already talking about fall and summer hasn't even ended which you know what that means one we're talking about halloween and all things pumpkin
4: there are some stores retail stores that already have christmas trees up i just want (laughs) to highlight that but go ahead
2: well this all really came um came up because starbucks announced their fall menu. Okay. And of course, a big part of that is the pumpkin spice. Right. The latte, the pumpkin spice latte, the pumpkin spice drink, the pumpkin spice. It's I mean, everything. like everything, the bagel, the Air muffin. freshener. Yeah. Right. And, th- you know, you could say Starbucks really popularized the pumpkin spice trend. And now it, it it's everywhere. Apple cinnamon.
4: apple cinnamon used to be the ruling girl for the fall. And now pumpkin spice has taken over for the past, what, decade? Uh, that's what it feels like.
2: It's really it was recognized, according to this article in Vox, Um in 2008 because of its association with Thanksgiving and the
4: holidays. Oh, so over a decade.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm losing track of time. And here's even John Oliver joking around about it on his show.
6: It's that special time of year where we voluntarily imbibe pumpkin spice lattes, the coffee that tastes like a candle.
4: And, and
6: And I don't mean it tastes like a candle smells. Pumpkin spice lattes, tastes like a candle tastes <laughs>
2: oh my god i love him it's, he's so funny anyway but you know besides the whole thing about us feeding into this whole thing i mean they've even gone up four percent the price compared to 2021 Ooh. uh customers are now gonna buy it possibly for uh 545 to 595 six dollars almost anyway that said a lot of people are saying um it brought up a whole thing about women and uh, the conversation
4: around women. Why? Because they're primary consumers of pumpkin spice. Are yes. girls named Ashley and Kaylee? But it ends with L E I G H. And
2: uh, and this is the <laughs> thing I have to say about this. And and I kind of agree with this writer Jaya Sex- Sexina, I don't know if that's how you know, pronounce it. That they wrote in Taste last fall, saying that women aren't ruining food because you know we what? tend to put. Listen to this. We tend to say it's all about when we blame women for. For everything. The commercialization in a way, where you call them out. But guess what? It's it's in a way sexist because when men do this, we kind of like put men and their
4: products on a pedestal. So it's not in a way sexist. It is indeed sexist. Yeah. I find this odd because like what like how are women I, yeah, this is just weird.
2: It's just saying that, you know, food crazes like acai bowls, rosé, pumpkin spice, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, when women come into it, it ruins it. Whereas when men do, it'd be like, yeah, because, they're blowing it up.
8: That's
4: because a man wrote this. Well, well you know, perpetuates that idea. Yeah, so It's some, like the He-Man Woman Haters Club from <laughs> The Little Rascals. <laughs> so, who knew? Pumpkin
2: spice could be so nuanced and complicated. Yes. Well, next up, Meghan Markle sat down with Halle Berry and Mariah Carey and had some revelations after this. Let's go there
4: with Shira and Ryan Channel Q
2: We are back, it's Shira, Ryan is out (laughs) <laughs> and Shar is just with finished me.
4: telling a story, and then she drops the punchline. She drops I'm the a coup long, de gras. I'm a long punchline person. You are very long winded with storytelling. It's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> like just cut to the chase. But how do you dro- drop the punchline two seconds before we come back in? You know to spice things up. Oh gosh, you're terrible.
2: Um, so we've lots coming up. <laughs> uh, the Introvert's Guide to Surviving a Party in 30 Minutes, and Meghan Markle's latest podcast with Mariah Carey and Halle Berry. Their juicy convo in a moment with Shar and the T report. But Char, you've got something special for us right now.
4: Yes, Channel Q wants to send you and a guest to Vegas to see the supreme diva Diana Ross. Now Diana will be performing September 21st to to October 1st at the Win, Las Vegas. Head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. You're going to want to go see this. I think this is a farewell tour. You know Diana's. you know she's
2: not going to be doing this for much Uh, longer. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's get into some What's Training This Hour headlines right now. Health Brigade, a free medical clinic in Virginia, is handing out self-defense kits to trans folks as the epidemic of anti-trans violence shows no signs of slowing down. The kit includes pepper spray, a whistle and a keychain self-defense tool. A blunt object around five inches long with grooves to improve grip and come in a crossbody bag for easy access.
4: Oh. It, it, it should not have come to this. Okay. What is going on?
2: It was uh, funded by a local attorney. The kids are an unfortunate necessity, they're saying, with one 2021 study by the Williams Institute School of Law at UCLA showing that trans people are four times as likely as their cisgender counterparts to face physical violence in the U.S. Now, a Maryland man named Joshua Pruitt, affiliated with the far-right Proud Boys extremist Group, was sentenced yesterday to more than four years in prison for storming the U.S. Capitol, where he encountered Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. And uh, the, One look at Pruitt and the leader of Senator Schumer's security detail immediately saw the threat and hustled the 70-year-old senator down a hallway, having to change their evacuation route on a dime. And this is according to an assistant U.S. attorney, Alex Loeb, court filing... This encounter was also caught on video. So very clear evidence there. Finally, yesterday, Trump demanded to be declared president nearly two years after the election. He decisively lost, and he shared this on his Truth Social platform. The post read, quote, declare the rightful winner or, and this would be the minimal solution, declare the 2020 election irreparably compromise and have a new election immediately.
4: All right, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Shar? So Meghan Markle sat down with Mariah Carey. I'm not sure how Halle Berry's name got thrown in the mix. Oh my God! Because it was just with Mariah Carey. Was that weird? on the second episode of her podcast. That was
2: <laughs> <laughs> apologies. That was in the tease.
4: I know, but I know that Hallie is also a biracial black woman, (laughs) but...
2: But yes, she wasn't on the podcast.
4: Yeah, unless I'm losing my mind. (laughs) Nevertheless, uh, she sat down with Mariah Carey, and and they talked about being, you know, light-skinned black women and some of the treatment that they've received. I want you to take a listen to the clip.
5: The mixed-race woman in the world, and her response was her saying, well your experience through the world is how people view you. So she said, because she was darker in color, she was being treated as a black woman, not as a mixed woman. Right. And I think for us, it's so different because we're light skinned. You're not treated as a black woman. You're not treated as right. a white woman. You sort of fit in between. I mean, I've if there's any time in my life that it's been more focused on my race, it's only once I started dating my husband. Then I started Obviously. to understand what it was like to be treated like a black woman, because up until then I had been treated like a mixed woman.
4: Mm, that's why context is so important. And, you know, in, in every single community of color due to colonialism, colorism is a big, big, big thing. And so it's it is irrefutable fact that lighter complexion black people are treated differently than darker complexion black people. But it's in every culture. It's it's in Latin cultures. Yeah. It's in uh, Caribbean culture. It's in African. It's in Indian and so I'm glad that they addressed this. Um, Mariah Carey stands firm in her blackness though. Mariah doesn't go, doesn't say that she's biracial. She says she's a black woman. And in fairness, Megan does too, but it's interesting to hear her framing, the language framing, because she says that she didn't get a, a taste of, mm-hmm. I guess that some of the ills of that treatment until she linked with Harry That's interesting. on that, you know, that major platform. And the world was now looking at her.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate and also if someone claims they're like if they're saying that oh, I'm claiming I'm black and they're biracial is that insulting to
4: no because that community? comes from a very racist history of the one drop rule from back in you know during the slave times if you have one drop of black blood in you you were considered black and so I think that that's where that derives from yeah. um, but no it's not considered uh, insulting for okay. people who are biracial yeah. to go specifically as black right. it's typically you know as nasty as it sounds it's how the world receives you if the mm-hmm world reads you as a black person, no matter how you go, you're going to be treated like a black yeah. person, no matter what your mix is. All so right. that's the tear report for this hour.
2: Well, we're continuing conversation around, um, you know, the, uh, racism and a woman who is seeking advice after claiming her name makes her seem racist. Mm. But there's a twist. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, you know, we love these advice columns, right? Slate.com has the best ones. And this question caught our attention let's get into it this person wrote i'm a middle-aged white woman with an east indian name i'm concerned about appropriation and walking around basically embodying a living microaggression while my parents and i have close connections to india and my indian godparents suggested the name nobody knows that when they meet me they just meet a white woman with an indian name and she was asked more than once if she's changed it so apparently people assume she said i'm the one who made this choice
4: what should she do yeah people are asking so what was your okay so what was your birth name? yeah did it you, you decide as this is something where in all honesty <laughs> yeah, but- this sounds like a big old heaping of like maybe like some sort of guilt that's really not hers to carry but it's real though it's real and I'm not I'm not deflecting or diminishing her concern but it seems like a like overreaching and I only say that because I have the privilege to because I'm not in her shoes Um, But I imagine that depending on where she lives and who's around her, then her name is probably a, a, a microaggression. I would love to know what some of her stories have been like as far as the hiring process, because we have seen statistics show that, you know, HR companies will toss your resume if you have an ethnic name compared to like Karen Smith. For we don't example. know that much
2: from this story, but yeah, I mean, I know, but I'm saying yeah. I would
4: love to know like her employment history and how that's gone. D- does she shock people when she walks in for the interview and they're expecting, you know, someone else? Like is, you know, some companies intentionally seek out diversity totally. hires. Uh, totally. And then you walk in, <laughs> you're like, what? As you know, I don't know, uh, Priyanka Chopra, well, yeah. and you know, you're a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. It
2: can yeah. go both ways, right? Yeah. Either you get brought in because of that now, or listen, it's the funny, other way.
4: Funny that you mentioned that once upon a time my favorite boss hi Katrina if you're listening my favorite boss was ever was named Katrina Jackson this was at a at a production company and when it came time for the interview I was like okay sister you know Katrina Jackson (laughs) I walk in and Katrina Jackson is a white woman But she's happens. my favorite boss. We were like joined at the hip, but that's a running joke. And yes, I did tell her that joke to her face. I was like, oh, so you're Katrina. I thought she was like Katrina's assistant. But Katrina Jackson was a white woman. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think this
2: is interesting, including, uh, you know, now with people choosing their baby names to make
4: sure, you know, there's so many weird baby names out there usually. Well, yep. everyone's trying yeah. to be different now. Exactly. That's why I remind people that you know you're not a celebrity. That legacy doesn't really carry over like that. Well, yeah, and then there's, you know, People there's... can name their kids Apple and all exactly. that type of stuff. But I, I wouldn't advise being named... If if you're, you know, in Dubuque, Iowa, in the suburbs, I don't see why you would name your child Blue Ivy. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I don't. Well, those, I don't.
2: Are, those are out there names, you could say, but you don't, you, they're not problematic, Oh, no, they're not
4: problematic. They're just different.
2: Exactly. And so that's the thing is how do you, can you pay homage to something or be inspired by something? Like, you know,
8: people yeah, name their dogs or animals
2: like Buddha or Yoda. Well, Yoda They do? In... People have people do that? Uh, yeah, I think like, yeah. Yoda is the. Um, that's from Star, Star Wars. Wars.
4: <laughs> that's <laughs> different than Buddha. Yes. I, you know. Um, but, you that's know, it's like. Something... Wouldn't that be like naming a, a dog Jesus? I'm sure there are are
2: animals named Jesus. I'm sure. I'm sure.
4: um,
2: And some people actually do look at animals as godly creatures. But no, it's true in 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 different religions. At any rate, you know, as I'm looking towards my next chapter um, of parenthood, possibly not yet. Don't worry, this is an announcement. You know, I, I talked to my boyfriend about different names. And, you know, it's something that comes up where I'm like, oh, my God, like researching the name, you know, what's behind Are it. Are you all pulling
4: an ethnic name?
2: <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, making sure <laughs> that the meaning of it, yeah, it like, means something powerful, but it doesn't it, it's not connected to something bad.
4: Because that will go down. But see, bad is subjective because her name is not connected to anything bad, and it. it and she even provided context. Her Indian godparents suggested the name, so that's them vouching. But that also goes to speak that like people, entire groups of people are not monolithic. So they didn't have a problem passing on this name, but maybe she meets an Indian person who has an issue with her having it. Well, the also name. because you
2: don't know the context and the intention, right? And, and right. unfortunately, there what is I'm the assumption when, yeah. when
4: groups come. That's why groups are not monolithic. Yeah, That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. You know, You
2: know, uh, my name's Shira, obviously. Uh, and I mean song in Hebrew. Okay. And uh, I actually was very honored when I had a babysitter that named her child after me.
4: Really? Which me-
2: meant I was a good kid. And I felt like, you know, we're different cultures and backgrounds and... Um, no, see, I, know, I didn't. I wasn't. being I mean, like you're taking my name, but I think it's different when it's a white person taking. Well,
4: something. I know a black girl whose name is Shira, and it's spelled just like yours. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: I mean, that could be used for many. It's a Jew. A Hebrew is for many different um, races. You know, there are little Ju- girls running around
4: that are named Beyonce. Which is a little strange because Beyonce is her mother's maiden name, <laughs> but I guess, and that's a lot of pressure. Could you imagine being named Beyonce? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's, that's a name to live up to. That's too much. But also, it's like that's her mother's maiden name. There's a there's a connection as to why she was named Beyonce.
2: <laughs> so that's the thing is, if you have um, some uh, something in your background and you want to pay respects to that, mm-hmm. right? I think there's it's okay, right? But if you're just taking from someone else's culture, possibly, you might want to rethink why. You might want to sit
4: back with that American arrogance and maybe reroute,
2: you know. (laughs) Exactly. Well, let us know what you think at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. But that's our advice.
4: And I don't think she should feel bad if she's listening. I do not. Based on the context provided, I don't think she should feel bad. I, I think that she, this guilt is coming from a place. I get that things are sensitive right now, but this is something that's out of her control. There you go. And if she feels bad enough, girl, go down to the courthouse, pay your $500 and change your name to Karen Smith or whatever you want to change it to. that's <laughs> worse. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if it's bothering you that much where you feel like you're a walking microaggression, her words, not mine, you know, go do something about it. Okay. That's good advice. Well, next up, more advice.
2: How to enjoy being social as an introvert after
4: this. (laughs) Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So I'm not an introvert, to say the least. I would call myself, I would label myself an extroverted introvert. Yeah, that's
2: called an ambivert.
4: An ambivert? I'm one of those. Okay, this is as a direct result of the pandemic, though. (laughs) But, um... You know, introverts have different ways of enjoying parties. I have friends that are introverts and it's they make clear indications once their social batteries have, you know, ran out. So I want to know as a part of, you know, we've been talking a lot about friendship and the complexities of relationships. Are you in direct proximity to any introverts, Shira? And then how does that determine the ways in which you navigate socially?
2: Oh, my God. Uh, I don't really have I mean like my boyfriend is it's weird he like sometimes doesn't want to he's kind of like me similar but some, like the times that I don't want to socialize he's great at socializing and the times that he doesn't want to I am so I feel like there's a bit of a balance so i i've been around though no introverts and i get it gets awkward for me cuz i want to include them and i feel like i'm worried that they're not being included
4: the worst introverts are the people who know they're not going to come but get offended if you don't invite them anyway oh, yeah. It's like, Um, you don't
2: know yourself.
4: Yeah, but people really get upset about that. Um, For me, I find that I'm not introverted, but I don't enjoy large crowds of people. The older I get, I do yeah. not want to be. And it's also probably some paranoia because we live in the red, white and blue and there's totally. no reform. It's always something popping off. Here are some tips if you're an introvert and you need to learn how to navigate or you'd be interested in learning how to navigate social settings. OK, get to know the dimensions of your social battery through trial and error. Oh. That's the only way you're going to know. You're going to have to unfortunately get up and go outside. <laughs> That's how it's true. You know what? I find also with um, the pandemic,
2: I realized how much more of an introvert I am.
4: Oh, no, that I get
2: really recharged when I'm alone and that I desperately need that. And the more I don't give myself that alone time, it, it impacts me.
4: I don't know if you remember when lockdown first happened. I was losing it. Well, That's to the extreme point because like, you
2: were also really like alone. In I your was room on. For a long
4: time. I was on live. Well, alone in my apartment. <laughs> <Rooms>. <laughs> I don't have just a room. Um I was on live for like seven hours a day. Well that will make you go crazy too. No, that actually it helped actually a helped lot you. Because people were Not calling okay, in that makes from, sense. People were calling in from all over the nation, especially when there was a, a lot of conversation about that's true that's about true. rent do, being due April 1st and how some landlords didn't care that we were on lockdown. like that's what kept me going. Um, the next tip before an event, spend some time preparing to socialize. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> tip my hat to you all.
2: You know what? It, it takes a certain type of person who knows how to start conversations
4: and continue them. No, I disagree like, with this one. There's an
2: expertise to that.
4: Oh, yeah. D- d- I know how to end a conversation. Like, my friends are You know what to end? Like, I
2: meant to continue it.
4: I know, yet, I know how to continue, but I'm saying my friends marvel at how I'm able to end a conversation. We had a random guy come <gasps> up to us on the rooftop of the Ace Hotel yeah. and asked two of my friends, they are gorgeous, by the way, he's like, can you all make a video for my friend Nate? He's not here. And it's like... What? So I I humored the guy. I asked when his birthday was. Uh All right, baby, we'll have a good night. And just like that, dismissed him up out of there. Now, this one one, I don't agree with. It says at the event, take your breaks and remember that nobody cares. You've disappeared to the bathroom (laughs) for 20 minutes. I disagree. If I have a friend or someone that I bring to an event and they go to the bathroom and are in there for 20 minutes... You won't even be in there for 20 minutes because I'm coming and not tapping oh on God. the door seven minutes in. You okay in there? Well, yeah. I mean, you'd probably have to tell the person you're with, hey, I need a moment. Well, yeah, you'd have to, of course, announce that. But, like, you don't get to just go to the bath. That's even at a club, a house party, <laughs> I know. anything. I I mean,
2: here's the thing. Yeah, if I come with you and I need you, I'm like, you better not. I'll go to the bathroom with you or I'll go to the other stall. Don't leave me alone here. But what if it's
4: a house party?
2: Yeah, house party. See, if I'm in my vibe and I'm talking to someone... As long as you communicate with me and you're like, hey, I'm just going to the bathroom. I might be like, I need a a beat. I might say, no, I'm coming with you. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good, right? So it just depends. Just communicate. But I'm telling you, there are moments where I'll have to go to the bathroom, but then I'll get to the bathroom and I'll realize how much I need just space in that moment. Do you ever do that and you just sit on the toilet? No. You sit on the toilet and you're just like, oh, my God. Like... Oh, you take a breath and you're like, this is so nice
4: right now. (laughs) I've only had to do that when I've had when I've been forced in social settings to be in what I call my pageant mode. It's kind of when something happens or someone's there that I don't want to see and I have to put on this plastic Barbie-like smile because you know I am the personification of Grace Under Fire. Mm -hmm. You're not getting an itch out of me. No, 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 no. Um, And so that's the only time that that's bubbled up. But I've never had to like excuse myself at a party and go take some deep breaths in the mirror because I'm not an introvert. Yeah, I'm entertaining. I'm telling stories, cracking jokes. Are you kidding me? I'm getting my life. Okay. And I need a refill on top of that. Oh, good
2: for you. I'm like the Energizer bunny. I hit the wall and I'm like...
4: Well, girl, you're too busy in that phone with them NFTs. No, I'm not. So I, I imagine put not phone be, away. I imagine you to be quite no, boring at I, parties. I'm,
2: no, I usually am the one who's getting around, talking to everyone. But once again, the minute I get in my car, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I just want to take off my clothes and go in my bed. Like the nicest thing at the end of my night. That's
4: how I am with large crowds. I do not like being around large crowds of people. It just kind of... Now, that's what's draining to me. All right, so is there any other tips? No, those were the the main three tips. And those of you who are listening who are introverts... Do we have... Wait, you're not an introvert. Producer Shelby, you're an introvert. Producer Shelby, what do
2: you think about this?
4: Self-proclaimed.
2: Of course the introvert Uh, didn't want to (laughs) talk during the introvert
3: segment. I know. I feel like introverts get a lot of bad rep. And, like, people think that we don't want to talk because we don't like the people or whatever. We Mm. Like, I my introvertedness comes from social anxiety as well mm. so like that I think is a whole different thing aside from being introverted like I'm not just shy like I'm anxious too yeah, so yeah. those things like taking breaks to the bathroom I know like to not go to the bathroom I go to the car instead because no one oh. will follow you to your car unless like you're crying that is or whatever true, yeah. so, or I'll just be like, go outside sometimes or, yeah, or I'm like I'm just gonna go grab something from my car real quick oh. and then no one will bother you for five minutes Like, but if but you're but you in the can't bathroom, be gone
4: for 20 minutes because I'm gonna yeah, be like dang yeah. to be Leave? Or someone yeah. we be
3: knocking on the door like something's wrong with you. Well, I, exactly. if you come
4: with me and you disappear to the bathroom for 20 minutes, I'm checking on you. On totally. top of that, before we get out of here, as producer Shelby just said about social anxiety, I think that part of me being an extrovert is a result of social anxiety and childhood and not wanting to be ostracized because I was femme and different. So let me get in here and wow and win everybody over with my jokes and my razzmatazz personality. Something to think about. I'm taking over. Yeah. As soon as I step in the building. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, take your time. I would say, just like to wrap this up, spend some spend some time alone before going to an event. That always helps, too.
4: Yeah, get to know yourself before you step outside. You don't want to project nothing onto anybody else. Right. That's how you lose friends.
2: Well, <laughs> next up, this Philly man has an unexpected emotional support animal. More after this. Uh. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like this guy is taking his emo- emotional support animal to the next level. All right, so... <laughs> According to this post uh, from someone in Philadelphia, she was just at the park. And she said on Twitter, we we were just walking by Love Park and saw this kid playing with an alligator in the fountain. And it seems like someone brought an alligator as an emotional support animal, literally with the vest and everything.
4: I'm looking at this picture and I'm also gagging because... It makes me think of Tiger King and owning exotic animals. But it also, like, I think about people like this and how they've ruined the entire industry of emotional support animals. Because we've seen this play out on airplanes, right? Everybody got so used to emotional support dogs in particular. People weren't even having cats unless they were in the carrier. But we've seen things pop up like emotional support rooster. I remember someone tried to have an emotional support ostrich. You know, it's a lot going on. So now an emotional support gator that lives in Philly,
2: <laughs> you're not even keeping it in, in its wildlife.
4: Yeah, because Philly winters are brutal. So yeah, where do the, they hang out during like? the winter? Do or, you have to walk it? Or is this like a summer vacation pet? Is it safe to have that that <laughs> alligator plant in the fountain of a public park? That sounds like a disaster waiting well, to happen. It's like this little kid is
2: literally walking this gator. And I'm wondering how safe this is for anyone, let
4: alone a child. What if you have a little, you know, Pomeranian that wants to go up and bark at it, and the Gator snaps? Like, there's a lot of uh, liabilities that that come into to play with well, this. it
2: Seems like this Gator, his name or their name, or he says, I guess, guess reference references him, is Wally. and he's, he's been getting a lot of media attention. Uh, he has uh, a an, an TikTok or social media with sixty-nine thousand uh, followers.
4: Because of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: So have you seen any crazy emotional support animals? In your I just day? told
4: you the ones. Oh, no, no not in person. Seen. No, never in person. Wait, Shelby? Producer Shelby
3: uh not related to that i was thinking when i first saw this i thought it was some kind of publicity stunt for a movie that's coming out called lyle lyle crocodile with (laughs) sean mendez voicing a singing crocodile and so i was like okay this has got to be some kind of movie promo so even if it's not i'm i guarantee you whatever studio is putting that on is going to reach out to this guy right i'm also
4: wondering how do things like this get approved because I imagine that if I worked at the little approval desk or whatever channel that you have to go through, I'd say, no, 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 no. We're not doing emotional support well, you, alligators. By the way,
2: you could just buy one of these vests online. Uh, um, so, but what's so crazy. Oh, you yeah, know all the little dips. You so taught me you, about whipping it earlier. Whip it. Wait, you need to, like, s- these pictures. Uh, show this person holding him. His main caretaker seems to be a young girl, so I'm not posting pics of her. But he goes, this person goes. He also likes being held. He's a big snuggle bunny. This this guy is snuggling and holding him like it's like a baby. Now I kind of want to hold this little end, this alligator. End this segment. Of course you do. You it just, reminds me, me you of when I did the a, raccoons, a the baby raccoons. raccoons exactly. They were baby raccoons that were being. Uh, Foster. That was okay. disgusting.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan,
2: Channel Q. Well, we're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day.
4: Yes,
2: Queen. Okay, this one goes to out singer Dove Cameron, who wowed us all at the MTV VMAs over the weekend. Of course, she performed an amazing. Uh, performance, (laughs) a medley of her hit singles Boyfriend and Breakfast, and also won the award for Best New Artist at the Awards Ceremony, and left us all with a very inspiring message.
8: Um, I want to dedicate this uh, to all of the queer kids out there. (laughs) who don't feel that they can take up space um, and, and inhabit the fullness of who they are. Thank you for getting an overtly queer song onto mainstream radio. Um, <laughs> thank you for supporting me as the person and the artist that I am. I hope that um, in that way you've also given that same privilege to yourself. I love you so much.
4: Love to hear it. Yes, okay, Dove Cameron. Yep,
2: doing big stuff. And she, she's been around for a while.
4: Yes, I worked with her five years ago, but I didn't get a chance to meet her. But I worked with she was on um, she was promoting Descendants two with China Anne McClain, okay. and they did Project Runway when I was a part of that show.
2: And now killing it as a musician too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Dove Cameron, you get our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, weekdays, here live on Channel Q, two to six p.m. Pacific, five to nine p.m. Eastern. What's coming up
3: tomorrow, producer Shelby? Well, speaking of the VMAs, Ryan will be back from the VMAs. I'm sure, wow. we'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear all about it um, tomorrow, what the experience was like. He was on the carpet. I guess he made, like, a best dress list. So He
4: did in Teen Vogue and BuzzFeed. Yeah, feet. so
3: we'll hear what? about that tomorrow. Oh,
4: okay. Love it.
3: Okay.
2: Well, I'm excited to chat, chat with him and also catch up with him and give him a big hug if you miss any of our shows or interviews when we post everything as a podcast just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search let's go there We oh before I say love and light I want to say thank you to Char for filling in the past week and a bit. Yeah, I've been here for seven days straight. Wow. Yeah. I guess it is an entire week, not just a work week, an entire week. Yeah.
4: Well, then that would factor in nine days. Yeah.
2: Follow Char Everywhere at Char Says So, and I'm sure you will be back very soon.
1: Yeah, sooner than you
5: think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we are sending you love and light. And I love us for real. Have a great night.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,